Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 27 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian, here as always with Michaela. Michaela, how's it going? What have you been up to? Oh, it's summer fun, man. The weather's warming up. It's been a lot of time at the neighborhood pool. Mm. Uh, a lot of trying to save all my vegetables from dying in this heat. Right, a lot yeah. of movie watching. Gotten a lot of really fun stuff, fun movies. Uh, I watched Those Who Wish Me Dead with Angelina, which mm, was nice. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a fun ride. Yeah, on HBO. Yes, yeah. It was good. It was good. It wasn't It wasn't amazing. It wasn't the most amazing movie I've ever seen, but I, I liked it. It was fun, and it was good to see her back on the screen. Um, mm-hmm. I tell you what, I watched another r- really fun film with some great actors in it, actually, was um, Ava. Okay. And that stars Jessica Chastain, uh, John Malkovich, and Colin Firth. Oh, okay. No, I'm not familiar no, with that one. not Colin Firth. Colin Farrell. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, and that was actually really fun. It was very, uh, it was very, like, long kiss goodnight, and it actually has... Uh, a couple of scenes with Gina Davis in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about a girl who kind of turns into a spy. It's really good. Um, it, they both kind of had the same feel. So mm-hmm. um, if you like that kind of stuff, I totally recommend both of those to see this week. And like you said, you could watch Those Who Wish Me Dead is on HBO and Ava, I believe, is on Netflix. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah, I'll have to check out Ava. Like I said, I'm not familiar with that one. So, uh, but I can watch it on my new TV I got. So I'm ready to dive into some more movies now. So, mm-hmm. uh, upgraded the family room TV this week. So that was pretty exciting stuff. And, uh, haven't been watching any movies, but been catching up on some TV shows. So, uh, Mare of Easttown, uh, on HBO, I've liked watching, uh, that one a lot. Um, but I've been getting into the bad batch, which is the new star Wars animated show on Disney plus. Uh, it's really excellent. So I'm through the first four episodes of that one and loving it so far. So, uh, definitely if you're a star Wars fan, um, or animation fan and you have Disney plus, I would definitely recommend checking that out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. My, my husband's super into it. I, I, I'm excited about it. I love that we're continuing to, even during the pandemic, right, they've brought out some more things that increase kind of the Star Wars universe and mm-hmm. gives us something as viewers to chew on. And as with all of the Star Wars stuff, it's really family friendly. So everybody can watch it. Um, it's very diverse. It's just, it's just great. All yeah. around good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's been pretty excellent. So I've watched that, uh, got the new TV. And then you know, I've been here at uh, Kellerman's Resort for the last couple of weeks with my family for, you know, our family summer vacation. And I was wondering, Michaela, what are you doing here? I carried a watermelon. I carried a watermelon? Oh, worst line ever. Yeah, that, that's not a very good line, but it's good that you did carry a watermelon because we're going to need it for this week's cocktail. 
why don't we take a quick break and we'll be right back to whip one up. All right. So this week's cocktail is called the I Carried a Watermelon Margarita. And fast forward, it's amazing. It is. It is definitely uh, probably one of my favorite cocktails uh, that we've done. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we found this recipe uh, on the website, All Roads Lead to the Kitchen. So we will post a link to their website there. Um, It has the instructions for it. Um, But Michaela, why don't you run through this one? Because it it takes a little bit of legwork to get the stuff ready for this one, but it's not too bad and definitely well worth the time to do it. Yeah, definitely. All Roads Lead to the Kitchen is actually really cool. They've got this giant montage uh, dedicated to the movie Dirty Dancing. So if Mm -hmm. you were interested in doing anything Dirty Dancing themed, they have a salad. They have uh, a bunch of different pasta dishes. They have mashed potatoes. They have some really, really interesting uh, food choices as well, one of which was the I Carried a Watermelon Margarita. The thing that sets this watermelon margarita apart from other ones is not only the liquor, but the frozen watermelon balls, which I want to start off with, even though it's kind of a garnish. Mm -hmm. Um, You just take some watermelon. You can use a melon baller to carve them out so they're really cute little shapes. And then you freeze them. And you want to make sure, because it's water-based, that you freeze them in either an ice cube tray or uh, make sure that it's really dry and not... Mm -hmm you know, watery at the bottom of the pan that you freeze them in because then they'll all freeze together. Um, right. But it's amazing because it adds as a nice garnish. It's really pretty. And it's mm-hmm. also uh, does its job of keeping your margarita nice and cold, which you're going to want. So the way this starts wa- is with your watermelon ball. So you're going to want to freeze those probably overnight. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a little bit of legwork, but it's totally worth it. Trust me. You're going to add or you're going to start with half a cup of pureed watermelon. Mm -hmm. You're going to take four ounces, four ounces of tequila, your favorite kind, whichever one you like. We used Casamigos Reposado because it's Mm -hmm. delicious. Then you're going to add that to two ounces of liqueur 43. And for anybody that's not familiar with liqueur 43, it's basically 43 different flavors of vanilla all in one sort of liqueur. Mm -hmm. I've had it as an aperitif and it is really delicious on its own. It's even better when you add it to watermelon and tequila. Yeah, I've I've never had it with tequila or thought about putting those together, but it was an excellent addition for sure. Absolutely genius. And you're going to add one to two tablespoons of freshly squeezed lime juice. I really recommend going the extra mile here and getting it fresh because you're going to be, you know, really able to taste it with this Mm -hmm. kind of light, fresh watermelon flavor. And then you can add some simple syrup, which you can make really easily, or agave nectar, which you can find at any grocery store. Mm-hmm. And you don't need a ton of it. If you like it really sweet, you can obviously use more. We used probably a tablespoon. We didn't use too much of it because the mm-hmm. watermelon, if you get a really good one um, and it's already nice and ripe, you're not going to need a lot of sweetness. Yeah. And the liquor 43 is kind of sweet as well. So yeah. Totally. So you just shake all that up and then you put it in a chilled margarita glass. This says on the website that this makes one uh, drink, but it's got six ounces of liquor in it. So, and it's really mm-hmm. big. So it, it might be like a, a 
kind of a mom's cup version <laughs> uh, yeah. size. And that's totally fine. No judgment. But we were able to actually have this into two glasses. So it made enough for you and someone to share, which was nice. I, well, no, I think it actually made more than that because uh, your husband was there when we were mixing these up and uh, he got himself a glass of this too. So yeah, so definitely kind of portion it out. We poured ours into like some martini glasses, um, and you could, because this is a margarita, if you wanted to rim it with some sugar or salt, you know, if you like either one of those directions, you could do that. Um, cause a lot of people like kind of that salt and watermelon, uh, kind of flavor combination. You could do that. We just did ours straight up with the, uh, frozen watermelon balls, uh, in there to, which is nice because it keeps it chilled. So. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It was, it was amazing. I gotta say, so I, I'm not very good. I have a staple margarita mix. Uh, or margarita recipe that I go to for frozen margaritas. This mm-hmm. isn't really frozen because it's got the watermelon puree and you shake it in with ice and then you pour it over. So it's not a frozen drink, but it is so nice with the frozen watermelon balls. It, it's just, it's really nice and chill. It's chilled. It's very refreshing. It's going to be one of my favorite drinks. I'm going to definitely do this all summer long. Yeah, this one, this one was amazing. And I love... Uh, tequila and margaritas and this one in particular with the watermelon this is probably one of my favorite cocktails I've ever had you know just a not even just the ones that we've made here for the show and we've made a lot of good ones um, but yeah this yeah. this one was excellent so yeah I'm gonna have to keep just a pitcher of pureed watermelon on hand for all the time and you probably the frozen watermelon balls are cool they're nice to have um, if you wanted to skip that you probably could I there's oh, yeah there's there's no like real reason you have to have them other than that they look cool and they keep your drink chilled and they don't water it down like an ice cube would. So. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, I did in fact make a batch of this and serve it to my girlfriends. Um, I will say because of the liquor content, it packs a punch. So it doesn't taste really strong. And that's another Mm -hmm. thing that I find uh, in its favor. Um, But after a couple, you definitely feel it. So just be careful. Um, you know, no judgment. Don't drink a drive. None, none of that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But it's uh, going to be perfect here for our summer camp uh, at Kellerman's. So why don't we uh, take a quick break uh, now that we have our cocktails made and we'll be right back to talk about this week's movie, Dirty Dancing. Spoiler warning for Dirty Dancing. If you've not yet seen Dirty Dancing, shame on you. Now go learn the lift. Maybe the cha-cha. Go carry a watermelon on back over here with your watermelon margarita and we can chat about it. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Dirty Dancing yet, you've probably just decided not to. And and that's okay. But it came out on August 21st, 1987. Well, some some things are, are less okay than other things, I guess. But yeah, 1987. <laughs> it was directed by Emil Ardolino and it stars Jennifer Gray and Patrick Swayze. It sure does. And it um it actually is an Oscar winner, which makes sense when you realize what it won for, because it won for Best Original Song, which is I've Had the Time of My Life, which is an yeah. 80s song that's put in 1963 and somehow really works. It does really work. Yeah, it's won the Oscar there for Best Original Song. I think that that song also won the Grammy Award for Best uh, best Song or something that year as well or uh, something like that. I think it was like the Best Ensemble Song. or Yes, uh, Best something. Duet. But yeah, this this film really plays on the music. Um, it reminds me of like Saturday Night Fever, where the music is almost like a character of the film. 
you know, in addition to, I mean, because obviously the movie's Dirty Dancing, you know, it revolves very heavily around dancing. Obviously, it's right in the name. So music's going to play an important part of that. But yeah, it's like a, it's like a highlight of 1980s and 60s songs just uh just out on display so right and it it really works which is very strange i think it's it's kind of a miracle of genius that it even worked out the way that it is did because it's such an iconic film for the 1980s Mm -hmm. but there's so many songs that are in there and I remember listening to it as a child, uh, listening to the soundtrack, and I could not tell when these songs were made. So if someone mm-hmm. said, oh, that's a 50 song, and it was, you know, uh, I've had the time of my life, I couldn't really figure it out. And mm-hmm. it's, there's a total difference, but it's, it's really cool that way. And so um, it's important. We're going to talk about some of the music that's also playing during some of the iconic scenes. Everybody's, you know, if you watch it and you're a big fan of Dirty Dancing, you're going to know exactly what you're talking about, um, what we're talking about. It's it's part of the whole experience, definitely, is the soundtrack of this. Yeah, and the soundtrack really left a mark as well. If you look through the, you know, kind of top selling soundtracks of all time, I just uh, had looked it up and I think this one comes in fifth of the soundtracks for all time. It sold like 11 million copies. Uh, so so that's a lot of uh, platinum uh, records for this one. So yeah, definitely important part of the film. And the film starts, uh, you know, right with some music, with some dancing, it's some black and white, you know, kind of slow-mo. It's like a low frame rate kind of a thing where you're seeing people dancing and it has, you know, kind of that iconic pink script that you see Dirty Dancing, like on the film poster, you know, written in, but that's how they go through kind of the, you know, title cards, you know, saying, you know, who the actors are and who the, you know, director was and all of that stuff. Um, And the song that's playing is uh, during this is Be My Baby by the Ronettes. Is is that one of your jams, Michaela? Is that one of your dance songs? Yes, it it is one of my dance songs. I mean, I, the opening to this, it's just the music the dancers and you realize later that it's kind of the all of the backup dancers that are part of the Kellerman's Resort and it's Mm -hmm. in this back room and so you've got people that are really they're not dirty dancing I remember my dad saying that this was kind of a misnomer um, because they're not really dancing dirty they're just doing some Latin a lot of Latin steps Um, but there's a lot of leg there's a lot of skirts there's you know, a lot of close-up dancing, and it's mm-hmm. it's got a the the song is really fits fits that what really well, and because it's kind of a slow motion of it, it's it it just works. But there's nothing else going on. It's not like in other movies where you you kind of have a, an idea of what's happening by the mm-hmm. time the the opening scripts kind of finish. Um, you don't really know what to expect other than it's a bunch of people dancing, which I guess yeah. is all you really need to know. Um, <laughs> it's setting it's setting the stage, but yeah, that's kind of it's almost like separate like from the film, right? It's just like a like a bookend because we'll see the same thing as the film closes too. But the movie actually starts. You just see a car kind of going down. Uh, you know this nice peaceful uh, highway kind of thing. And we're with the Hausman family. So we have baby and Lisa in the back seats and then the parents up front and they're on their way to Kellerman's, which is in the Adirondacks in upstate New York. And uh, apparently back in the like fifties and sixties, you know, wealthy people from like New York city would go to these big resort retreat family things. Um, It's almost like a summer camp for families. Yes. 
Yes. And I wish they would do it again. I wish, I, perhaps it's just that I'm just not rich enough and not from upstate New York, so I can't do this anymore. But it sounds wonderful. The whole family just kind of takes off for a month and they go and they learn things like foxtrot lessons and they do wig shows and there's magic shows and there's swimming in a pool and you just do that in the summer. It sounds brilliant. <laughs> but And apparently no one does that anymore. I don't think Kellerin's um, well, Kellerman's doesn't exist, but the actual place that they are is in North Carolina mm -hmm. at Lake Lure, which is uh, kind of close. It's about two hours away from where we are, Brian. So that's kind of mm -hmm. neat. If you ever go to Lake Lure, um, that's the lake that they're doing all this stuff on. So it, it the opening scene's really um, interesting that Big Girls Don't Cry is playing you know, Lisa is doing her hair in the back. Uh, baby is just kind of looking out the window. She's reading a book. She's talking about how it's the summer of 1963, you know, and if anybody, I mean, I wasn't even alive then, but, you know, a lot of it, important things happened in 1963. So mm -hmm. AFK uh, was, was assassinated. So it was before then. Um, the Beatles had yet to play the, on the Ed Sullivan show. So this was kind of in this time of real innocence. And before, you know, we started sexualizing uh, rock and roll, right? Because mm -hmm. the Beatles really had a hand in that. And uh, Baby really idolizes her dad. She says one of the things that she really wants to do is find somebody as nice as her dad to be with and join the Peace Corps. So mm -hmm. it's, her dad is played by Jerry Orbach. Played excellently by Jerry Orbach, yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, gosh, he's so good. He was so amazing. Um, and he's, he's, he's so awesome in this show uh, because, and it, it shows because when they arrive to Kellerman's, it's like you said, everybody's kind of starting there at the beginning of the summer. And so a bunch of people are uh, unpacking all their stuff and there's a bunch of bus boys or, or uh, bell boys rather uh, mm -hmm. carrying like just tons of clothes and shoes into these cabins. And of course, Lisa's freaking out already because she didn't bring enough shoes. She only brought 10 pairs and her dad's kind of chastising her and saying, you know, this is not a tragedy. There are real tragedies in the world. And mm -hmm. of course, baby's antagonizing her sister, which, and, you know, really sets Lisa in a great mood. And, <laughs> but it's kind of your typical family, like beginning of a vacation, right? Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of setting up like what this type of place is, right? So um, I believe his name is Max. He's the I don't know if he's the owner of this. Yeah, I guess he's Max Kellerman. So I guess he's the probably the owner of this place, at least runs it. He is talking to her dad, uh, Jerry Orbach's character. His name is Jake Hausman. Uh, he's a doctor, um, you know, kind of talking to him, introducing him to the, you know, kind of bellboy, uh, bellhop kind of thing. Um, he's there, you know, unloading the car. Um, like you said, all of these people have a bunch of suitcases. They're getting out, you know, very well-to-do, very nice cars all coming up through there. Um, then it kind of transitions to, uh, there's a, like a dance class going on that's led by an actual rocket. And that's, that's kind of what it is. It's just, it's this place for rich people to go and do activities and, and, you know, Basically, it's to just rub elbows with uh, other rich people, right? Is right. more or less what this place exists to do. So pretty much, and the the scene with the Rockettes really funny because she's trying to teach them. Gosh, I don't even know, um, but she's saying all these really funny things like you know, uh, stomp those grapes and you know, shake your caboose, and she's trying to get a bunch of people to kind of do these kind of stomping dance moves, and. Um, 
she ends up breaking, uh, you know, they kind of do a Congo line and they're mm-hmm. walking around. And then, you know, she says, find the man of your dreams when I yell stop. And of course, baby's looking to dance with her dad, but that doesn't happen. And so she ends up dancing with an older woman um, that you come to know as Mrs. Schumacher. Right. And so, he, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of the introduction of baby feeling kind of left out. Like she's not the considered the pretty one of the sisters. That's definitely Lisa. Um, she looks a little different than her mom and Lisa. They, you know, she's, she's just considered the baby of the family and she's much more interested in like, you know, really changing the world and, you know, and Lisa's just like, I want to wear coral shoes. You know, it's very different. Um, mm-hmm. But so baby decides after this that, you know, they've settled in and she wants to go and take a walk through the resort. And she's kind of quietly looking around at all these buildings. And the way, if you've ever been to a place like this, the way these are spread out is you definitely have, you know, different classes of, of stay, right? So you mm-hmm. have these really sure. nice cabins and then you have um, these really nice kind of bunker areas where you have dinners and stuff and so she's walking through one of those and um she sees a staff meeting where max kellerman is there and he's talking to all the waiters and servers and he's telling them hey you know what part of your job is to hang out with all the girls treat them Mm -hmm. nice like take them out to the terrace show them the stars even the dogs like even the ugly chicks you gotta that's something that you are expected to do Mm -hmm. and then in walks Patrick Swayze looking amazing in a black tight shirt and a leather jacket. And that's when baby first sees him. Yeah, she she sees him across the room. Uh, Patrick Swayze's name is Johnny Castle, which is a pretty awesome name. But yeah, he kind of he kind of comes into this meeting a little bit late and, you know, they're kind of, you know, ribbing on each other. The, you know, Johnny Castle is there to do dancing, do dance lessons, do kind of these dance review kind of things. Um, and the waiters are there, obviously, uh, to be waiters. Um, but, you know, the dancers are not expected to be taking out guests and spending time with guests really uh, beyond the dance lessons. Right. In fact, I think Max Kellerman says, keep your hands away from these ladies, like teach them whatever they pay for. But other than that, don't do anything else. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a guy there, there's a waiter He's got kind of dark hair and a brooding kind of high eyebrow look. Looks a little bit like Grover, if you ask me. And he and this guy, Johnny, share some barbs, right? So he says, you know, are you, are you sure you're going to be able to keep your hands off people? And he's like, just put your pickle on everybody's plate and leave the hard stuff to me. And so you already know there's like no love loss between these two characters. Mm-hmm. And Baby sees this from the outside and then she just kind of walks on. Because she knows she, you know, she's kind of in the in the background, not supposed to be seeing, you know, all of this sort of contrived magic that's supposed to be happening at this Kellerman's resort, right? Right. Yeah. She's basically just kind of eavesdropping on this uh, all all hands, uh, you know, work meeting kind of thing that they're having. So when that wraps up, uh, it's time for dinner. So uh, you have the family there are at dinner. Max is there. Uh, Robbie is the is going to be the family's waiter for the summer, I guess. So he's going to be in charge of, you know, getting them their meals and stuff like that. And Max is going to introduce his nephew, Neil, to baby. Um, and they kind of hit it off. They, it seems like they have some stuff in common kind of right away. So yeah, definitely. The parents are excited um, because Max is like, this is my grandson. You know, he's the heir <laughs> to this hotel extravaganza. And so 
baby's parents are like, oh, that's nice. And so they seem to they seem to get along okay. Robbie mm-hmm. Gould is uh, supposed to be going to Yale Medical School. And it's important to note here that uh, Dr. Hausman is a doctor, right? So baby's dad's a mm-hmm. doctor. And he's very excited uh, about you know, Robbie taking care of them through the whole summer and and making sure that they have a really good time. And Robbie is, I don't, I don't find him attractive at all, but I guess he's conventionally good looking and he's really makes it known that he has his eyes on Lisa. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Lisa thinks she's really flattered. She thinks this is a really good thing. Anyway, they end up having dinner. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Mr. Houseman uh, is, you know, he's uh, he's OK with Robbie because he's going to be going to Yale Medical School. So Robbie seems like like an up and comer, you know, a higher higher class of people. So so he's good enough for one of his daughters. So. Right. And Neil. Right. Who's <laughs> the grandson who's going to oh, have two hotels, apparently, uh, eventually. So, yeah. yeah, this this is all great. The parents are very happy. So they have dinner. Then they have there's a dance and uh, they start. Uh, they're all kind of dancing together baby is dancing with Neil and you know it's I'm sure he doesn't mean to be insulting but it's now you know in 2021 it it really doesn't hit me right when he says oh Mm -hmm. you're gonna major in English and she's like no economics of underdeveloped countries and then he decides to you know try and share with her that he's you know at the end of the summer he's gonna go and do the freedom ride like they're anything similar to that but I guess he's just trying Mm -hmm. to ingratiate himself to her right but it's obvious that he doesn't think that she you know that she I mean it didn't even occur to him that maybe he wants she would want to go to the Peace Corps and do all mm-hmm. these really cool kind of humanitarian things. Um, she should just major in English and then maybe go be a housewife. At least that's how I felt about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably kind of what he was looking for, especially, you know, in the time and place that this is set. So yeah, as they're dancing, uh, we're going to get Johnny's coming back in and the Rockette, the girl from earlier that was teaching the dance class, they're going to come in into the middle of the dance floor and kind of show off, do their own dance, uh, which is, sort of a way to get the you know patrons of this uh, resort to book dance lessons right they want to make this dance look really great um, and you know sell these dance lessons so they come out and they do uh, their dance and it's pretty good you have a you have a rocket you have Patrick Swayze how could you go wrong with that combo right I mean she's wearing this very cool peaches and cream Barbie dress before peaches and cream barbie was a thing and so it's like super it's got straps in the back that are all like done up and corseted um the skirt is super flowy i remember seeing this as a kid and being like this is amazing i want a skirt like that i want to be able to move like that and of course patrick swayze is just pretty much awesome and so they do a couple of really nice moves they do a couple of aerials and then max kellerman kind of tells them to knock it off and so they start grabbing other people to promote hey you know you too can do this dance um Mm. and so you know neil and baby are trying to mambo and the parents are there and you know they're all trying to to dance and then neil excuses himself and says you know i've I've actually got to go and and get the game started because remember there's a bunch of things going on at the same time and so Mm -hmm. he asks baby if she would like to join him to get the game started and that doesn't sound like fun at all but of course her (laughs) parents totally volunteer and say she'd love to do that neil she has nothing better to do on her vacation than to go 
yeah, what ends up happening is getting sawed in half as part of a magic show, right? Yes, yes. So apparently, going to help Neil involved her, you know, being part of this magic show. So, you, so you'll just see her and the magicians there, and you know, it does like the the standard uh, illusion of sawing her in half. And then for her participation, they give her a live chicken. Uh, this is this is very odd. Uh, it's not a prize I would want to win for being sawed in half, but yeah, I guess, I guess it's just to kind of lay out that you know this is this is just all in good fun and lots of activities and lots of things for the guests to be doing. Uh, but you know, baby is still, even though all this other stuff is going on in her head, she's still thinking about this dance. Yeah, yeah, she is. And so she takes a walk again at night, and uh, she's walking alone, and she sees um, one of the gentlemen who she was introduced before is kind of one of the bellboys, and he's carrying these three ginormous watermelons. And she's asking him, hey, what's going on? I hear this music, um, Where Are You? by Tom Johnson is playing. And this is a good example of, I could not tell if this was a 50s song or an 80s song. Mm -hmm. Um, It's an 80s song, just so everybody knows. But it's really fun. And she kind of gets him to talk about, hey, there's this area that she's not supposed to be walking in. And he says, hey, what are you doing here? You need to go back. And so she grabs a watermelon and he's like making fun of her. He says, I saw you dancing with the hotel error guy, you know? And so she's going to give back the watermelon. And then he says, you know, fine. Can you keep a secret? Like you cannot tell anybody that you're back here because your parents will kill you and I will get fired and it will be really bad. Mm -hmm. So they walk up these steps and into this room. It's like a barn really, but it's like a classy barn on the outside, but you walk Mm -hmm. in and it's just a bunch of people really sweatily dancing, doing a lot of grinding, a lot of really close dancing. And they're doing it to uh, Do You Love Me by The Contours. Mm -hmm. It's really awesome. And I love throughout the whole movie, they have when when you have these types of scenes, they do a great job of snaking the camera through all of the dancers Mm -hmm. because they all have their, you know, own personalities. Yeah, it would have it would have had to have taken a bit of time to get all of these things uh, sort of staged so they could move the camera through here and have the timing right for all of the dancing and stuff. Yeah, it's really great to watch. And also, he's carrying three watermelons. Uh, They're like the biggest watermelons I've ever seen in my whole life. So hopefully they were not real watermelons because that would have weighed like 500 pounds of watermelons. So Right. Well, and then when he opens the door, he kind of loses both of them for a second and then he gets mm-hmm. them back. Like he doesn't drop them, but he gets them back. And it's like, how did that happen? How did you do that? Um, And she's like carrying one, just staring at these you know, dancers, and you got this dancer that has amazingly long legs and a skirt that when she twirls, the guy kind of flickers it. There's um, there's a, a couple that are just like grabbing each other's butts the whole time. There's a mm-hmm. couple with a, there was a bigger girl. This is my favorite one, obviously. She's a bigger girl. She's dancing with a guy with a little hat and he keeps flicking his hat up and down like super cool. There's a couple that um, they're just holding on to each other with these big black sunglasses and and everyone's just having a great time. But this is definitely not the mambo or the cha-cha or anything that they would have seen on the the big Kellerman's dance floor. And Mm -hmm. um, the the gentleman that she's talking to Billy, that's his name. He keeps, he's like, oh, you know, yeah, this is why you can't ever tell anybody about this because, 
you know, Max would close the place down if he ever saw that this, the, any kind of dancing like this happened uh, mm-hmm. on, on his big dance floor. Yeah. And Baby is just like entranced, right? Yeah, and it's about this time that uh, Johnny and the uh, Rocket, whose name is Penny, we learn uh, a little later, uh, they come in to this kind of barn open area dance floor kind of thing. And again, they're going to kind of, you know, take the spotlight, you know, the camera kind of zooms in on them a little bit and you get babies just kind of standing off to the side uh, next to Billy there uh, watching on. And she tells us she kind of turns half turns, you know, still looking at them and says, uh, they look great together to Billy. And he says, yeah, you'd think they were a couple and, you know, <laughs> uh, much to uh, baby's <laughs> excitement that they're, they're not an actual couple. And about then, Johnny comes over and sees baby and he asks her what she's doing there. And (laughs) what was her answer? I carried a watermelon. I carried a watermelon? God. Yeah. 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 Not a very cool answer, but it's okay because Johnny is a pretty cool customer. So uh, he kind of walks away and then immediately comes back and, you know, kind of grabs her and pulls her out to the dance floor. Um, And you know, she's, she's not a great dancer, but she's, she's giving it her best. He's trying to give her kind of like a mini lesson on the floor and she's right. picking it up pretty quick. So. I mean, I think in baby's defense, right. She's learned the mambo and the cha-cha. And this is like how to grind your hips next to someone and not have it be like you're being actively assaulted. Like, right. <laughs> so I, I think it's harder than you know, she does pretty well considering this is probably a 25 second lesson and he, 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 they have a good moment at the end and then he just kind of leaves her and is like, thanks for the dance. And she's like, let, she's really getting into it. And then she straightens her dress up and she claps real prim and proper. And she's like, yes, this is, this is fine. This is fine. Um, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Yeah. And that's kind of where our, our first glimpse into this uh, dirty dancing lifestyle that's kind of going on behind the scenes ends. So it's going to go to the next morning. Uh, we're at another one of these fun activities. All the all the ladies of Kellerman's Resort are there, and they're trying on different wigs so they can look, uh, you know, like Jackie Kennedy and you know all these uh, you know different kind of famous people. You're trying on all these different wigs, and Penny the Rocket, she's the one there that is kind of running this activity and you know baby goes up and tells her you know how great she was but yeah penny doesn't really (laughs) she doesn't really want to talk about it and she definitely doesn't want to talk about it in front of everyone uh with baby so she kind of brushes her off yeah yeah i mean baby really envies her penny looks like she's a little bit older and she she's like yeah you know this is my mom kicked me out when I was 16. It's not a big deal. And baby's like, wow, I envy you. And she just, she's, she has no time for it. Um, you know, uh, the next scene is uh, another kind of cha-cha dance. I guess it's later that night because it looks like it's nighttime and the family's all there. Uh, Max Kellerman is there and he's talking to Dr. Hausman and they're looking around the room and they see that Johnny is dancing with a older woman who looks very nice. She's got this really beautiful kind of mink stow on that she throws lavishly to someone, I guess, but she's in the middle of a dance. And so she's feeling it. And Max calls her one of the bungalow bunnies and her name is Vivian. Her husband is this big card player. Um, He comes and plays uh, on the weekends. He comes and stays, but she stays all week long. And Mm -hmm. it's it's obvious to me uh, looking at it now that she's kind of like, she's got her fingertips on Johnny's cheeks. Like it doesn't, it looks like 
there's, you know, it's more invasive than just dancing and learning the cha-cha. Um, mm-hmm. it, 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 I don't know if the situation were reversed and it was a man that was doing that to a woman, it would be super skeezy. So I'm going to say it's kind of skeezy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, she makes no effort to hide what she's, uh, really interested in, uh, having these dance lessons lead to with Johnny for sure right right. yeah Neil's there Neil's the grandson right the heir and he Mm kind of grabs baby and says come on doll let's get out of here and she goes um I guess she doesn't want to stare at Johnny anymore because that's what she's been doing the last 20 minutes and baby's parents see her go off and they're very excited you know they can tell they're like oh he's he's such a nice boy you know he's Mm -hmm. such a nice guy and so Neil takes her out kind of on this dock and he's trying to get romantic and he lays out these lines like, it's, uh, I love watching your hair blowing in the breeze. And it's nice, I guess. I mean, he's not inappropriate, but he's just kind of this kind of a geeky catch of the county. Like he's really self-centered. Um, he's kind of braggy. Yeah, he says uh, something along the lines of he was dating another girl or something, and she wasn't that interested in him until, you know, she realized that he owned two hotels. Two hotels. And uh, I don't know, Babies doesn't seem to be super impressed at all. She's like, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's about that time that they hear Lisa's voice, and they see Lisa and Robbie Gould walking through the woods, and Lisa had asked baby to cover for her that night because she was going to go to the golf course and apparently she was going to go with Robbie and we hear Lisa say hey I'm you know I don't hear an apology and Robbie's like well go to maybe you'll hear one in your dreams you know because Mm -hmm. I'm not apologizing and I you don't really know what's happening like she's kind of fixing her shirt but you get the feeling that he's tried to cop a feel or be more intimate with her that she's than she was interested in. Mm-hmm. And so Neil then is like, I'm sorry you had to see that. Instead of going and asking Robbie what the heck is going on and chastising right. Robbie at all, uh, she's just he's just kind of tossing it off and saying, I'm I'm sorry you had to see that. You know, sometimes we just see things we don't want to see, like she's a five year old. Right. So his uh, his solution to that is, well, I'm, I'm sorry you had to see that. Why don't we go inside? I'll get you something to eat. So they go in, they go into, you know, kind of the kitchen there, you know, on back of like the restaurant side. And, you know, he's going through all of the things that are there that he can make her to eat. But, you know, baby's kind of looking around and you hear kind of this noise and she looks down and Penny is there like on the floor kind of between these two like industrial tables uh there she's crying uh very despondent you know Neil hasn't really noticed her there yet so baby is like hey can we let's let's get out of here um you know she's trying to get him out of there before she or before Neil notices her there on the floor so yeah. uh, so they leave and you know that's going to give baby the chance to go and find Billy and Johnny and bring them back to uh, find out, you know, what what's going on with Penny? You know, why is she in this uh, kitchen by herself on the floor crying? Yeah, and they immediately, you know, stop. Um, I mean, Johnny's dancing uh, with somebody, and he immediately kind of says, "Hey, I, I need to go." And he, they go, uh, they're on their way to go find her, and that's when Billy lets Baby know that uh, she's actually pregnant, and mm-hmm. you know, immediately baby says well you know what's what's Johnny gonna do about it and of course Johnny then gets really defensive and he's like oh yeah you think it's mine of course you think it's mine 
and she's kind of bemused by this whole thing because she's like you know I I didn't really think it was yours but what are you going to do about it right this is very Mm -hmm. much a problem that Penny's going to have to deal with yeah exactly so yeah Johnny gets defensive but we found out you know that she's gotten knocked up by Robbie she calls him Robbie the creep Um, and she you know she doesn't want to have the baby you know she knows Robbie is not going to be there to help her you know take care of it and raise it to help her financially in any sort of way and so you know she's kind of backed into this corner so she wants to uh, get an abortion but she can't afford to do it and Robbie's been unhelpful uh, in you know kind of helping her out with the situation so right yeah, they're sitting back in one of the back rooms um, and because, of course, Johnny kind of picks, scoops her up and gets her out of there. And, you know, Johnny and her are just really good friends, but he's so protective. And I love that scene because he's like, I will, you know, never let anything happen to you. You're going to be OK. Mm-hmm. And it's important to note this is in America in 1963. So abortions were not legalized. Uh, until 1969. So even if she wanted to get one, it was going to be illegal for her to do it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's a a bunch of layers of badness (laughs) in this whole mess, but baby is really naive and she's watching this unfold. And she says, I just don't understand. Like, just talk to Robbie. I know he has the money. If you don't want to have this baby, I know he can help pay for it. And she's like, nah, dude, he knows like go back to your playpen, baby. He, the the world is a lot more complicated than you think. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, is really sad. uh, And so she kind of lashes out at baby Penny being the one I'm talking about. And so baby leaves and um, she does go on behalf of Penny and talk to Robbie over a breakfast, tries to help uh, talk some sense into him. And uh, I'll never forget the first time I saw this scene because he is such a mean person. I, I want to use a lot of bad words here, but I'm really trying not to. Um, he's really just totally uncaring. And he basically says some people count and some people don't. Yeah. His rationale was because uh, she needed, I think it was like $250. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's, that's how much I'm going to make for like most of the summer. So I'm not going to give her that money. She, you know, I, I don't care. I'm going to go to Yale. She can, she can deal with whatever she has to deal with. That's not my fault. So yeah. Yeah. He's just, um, the worst. So yeah, so he's not uh, going to help in this situation, but uh, maybe baby can get some help. So she's going to go uh, and talk to her dad. Now her, her mom and her dad are on like this putting green, you know, next to the golf course. And she goes up and she asks her dad if she can have this $250. Um, and her dad's like, well, what do you need it for? And, you know, baby's like, just trust me. You know, I, I promise, you know, it's, not for anything bad. I just need the money. Please don't ask me. Can I just have it? Um, and her dad, you know, she has her dad wrapped around her finger pretty much at this point. And he's like, yeah, if, you know, if you tell me, if you say it's okay, then here you go. No problem. I'll have the money for you. You know, first thing in the morning, probably had to get it wired up there to the resort or something like that. But um, yeah, so he's going to give her the money. So uh, she has it and she is going to go and try to give it to Penny. Yeah. It's, it's really tough. I mean, $250 in 1963 is about $2,000 today. So it's a lot of money. Um, and so, you know, she gets it. She has it in cash. She brings an envelope into this dance area. And um, again, there's a lot of other dancers that are just kind of hanging on. It's, it's the evening time. So it's their time off. And she hands this envelope over to Penny and Penny is at first really just incredulous. She's like, is this kid for real? I can't believe this. How did you get this? And 
she said, oh, you needed it, you know, don't worry about it. And then, of course, Johnny's like, well, of course, you just ask your rich daddy and he he saved, you know, he got it for you. And so then it creates another problem because Penny's like, even if I took the money, the only date that I could go in and get this procedure done is on the day when Johnny and Penny are supposed to be dancing at this other hotel. So mm-hmm. there are two hotels that are owned by the Kellerman family. One is Kellerman's and one is called the Sheldrake. And they're supposed to go and do this mambo act. And if they don't do it, then they will lose out on their next gig the next summer. Um, it, you know, their co- contract states that they have to make all of these things. And so nobody mm-hmm. else can fill in. And so, you know, Billy's there and is like, well, what do you, what do you think? What, what about baby? Baby could do it. And of course, Penny is like, yeah, Johnny, you could lead anybody. It'll be fine. And, Johnny's like, this is the worst idea I've ever heard. This is horrible. And mm-hmm. baby's like, I can't even do the merengue. Like, <laughs> this is a, this is not a good idea. But somehow they just decide to go for it. They decide to go for it. And baby is uh, all in for spending some extra time with Johnny. So she's, you know, gonna, gonna agree to do it. And Johnny agrees to, you know, kind of teach her. And then it goes into one of these very classic 1980s movies, sort of montage of, you know, doing some lessons and uh, baby dancing around. So they're doing, doing their lessons. You'll see baby kind of doing like these dance moves by herself, like across this, this bridge and, you know, kind of up and down these like stone steps that go up to this cabin where all of the, uh, the workers were going. Um, There's a scene where like Penny and baby are dancing uh, together and kind of mirroring uh, each other's moves. Um, But yeah, so getting her, getting her ready for this dance, uh, recital i guess so yeah yeah and there's it's it's interesting because then when you learn more about how the film was made right so uh it's very true penny actually is a dancer uh and obviously patrick swayze is a dancer um babies uh jennifer gray not a dancer and so there are some scenes where they're trying to actually learn the moves and patrick swayze's character looks really annoyed he's actually pretty annoyed with her because um she was learning and so she's not uh she's not gonna have the same uh kind of movement style right and so as a as a dancer i loved this montage um Mm -hmm. because it was both they were both trying to teach actual connection and lead follow at the same time she had a bunch of steps that she had to learn and so they're like talking about dance space and my dance space and your dance space and how you hold your frame and all of those things are great for dancing but you still have to learn the steps so I love the scene where she's like you're talking about she's doing these steps on this bridge and she just gets angrier and angrier because she keeps screwing it up and she's got to learn how to do it in you know high heels which is even which is a whole other kind of dimension as a female dancer you learn these steps and then you got to learn them how to do them in heels and you got to learn how to do them in a skirt I mean (laughs) it's just a whole process and they have like a week it's amazing because they really do have a good way of showing her progress Mm -hmm. because she does you can see she markedly gets better and I don't know if she was actually pretty good and they had to dumb it down like they've seen we've seen in other films or what but Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do a they do a good job of kind of building up her abilities, but at the same time kind of building up the tension where, you know, she's getting better, but he's, you know, getting more and more frustrated and you can feel kind of this, this time pressure that they're under. Uh, so tensions are high and Johnny says, let's, let's just get out of here. You know, I'm, I'm tired of being in this room with you. We got to go. So, so you don't know where they're going, but they're going to go and 
going to get into Johnny's car. Uh, Johnny locked his keys in the car. So he like kicks over this uh, little like fence post kind of thing and smashes in his back window. It's pouring down rain. Uh, so they're all wet. Now he has a busted out window, uh, but he's taking her kind of out into like kind of off property, I guess, to probably like the other side of the lake, right? So they can have some, have a little bit of privacy, do the dance, um, you know, get out into nature a little bit, I guess. So they're, they're doing kind of these dance moves. Uh, they're up on like a log that's kind of across this ravine. Uh, only only uh, rocks and a little stream underneath it. So don't fall off the log. That would be bad. So. Yeah. And I love this scene because we find out a little bit more about Johnny. Um, Cause she, she asked him, Hey, you know, what are you doing? How'd you get to be a dancer? And he says, well, you know, uh, he, you, you find out he doesn't come from a rich family. Shocker, right? He um, was sitting around um, somewhere and somebody came in and said, hey, Arthur Murray is uh, opening up a school. And if you qualify, you know, you can learn how to dance and mm-hmm. then you can learn how to teach to dance, which is two very different things. And so that's how he decided to to do it and he found out he was pretty good at it and so he's just done that uh you know he's about 24 years old and he's just done that for years um now so it's kind of interesting because he says you know he kind of makes fun of her because she's like i'm gonna go and be the peace in the peace corps and i'm gonna change the world and he's like yeah there's there's no changing the world like the way i'm going to be you know kind of this working class person for the rest of my life and Mm -hmm. um it doesn't really matter but then they dance, you know, he's like, you got to have a balance. And so they, they kind of dance together on this log and, you know, some more music comes around. And then, you know, then she's like, hey, you know, the, the pinnacle of this whole dance move is this giant lift that's supposed to happen. And mm-hmm. they're about two days away and they haven't even started really practicing that. Um, so he's like, well, let's 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 go do that. So they go to a field and she's like running and basically jumping onto the onto him and he's supposed to like lift her up. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's not going well, uh, (laughs) to say the least. I mean, they get he kind of gets her up halfway and then he falls backwards and almost dies. So they decide to go ahead and move that to a lake. Yeah, it's it's starting to get a little flirtier at this point where they're they're doing they're kind of doing this like half lift and uh you know she's falling on top of him they're kind of rolling around this field um and then yeah yeah like you said they end up moving to this lake to do it um so where she can actually do it and they're still kind of falling over like she's overshooting a little bit you know as they're they're doing this and they do it a bunch of times so props to Patrick Swayze because I would imagine that you would get tired after doing this you know several times so they they do it quite a few times and uh, apparently uh, like Michaela had mentioned earlier this was you know shot down in North Carolina by us on uh, Lake Lure and uh, they were filming this it was like the winter time right yes Yes, it was. Actually, if you look really closely in um, any of the background, you can see that there are trees that are kind of a different shade of green. It's because they're spray painted because there are um, there aren't a lot of leaves on the trees. There's a bunch of leaves that are falling, which doesn't happen in the middle of the summer. That happens in the fall. So um, she's really cold in this. uh, I mean, I'm sure he's really cold, but she's really cold. And so you can see she's kind of shivering and the great thing about it is the first time I saw it, I just thought she was like shivering in excitement that she was so close to him in this lake. <laughs> yeah. No. Right. And, but he, he's, he's not, he doesn't seem to be cold at all. So that, that works well, but um, it's, it's interesting. They, they keep trying to do this lift and they're, they're in clothes. They're not in a swimsuit. And so they're laughing, they're having a good time. Um, you know, their clothes are kind of sticking to each other. It's, 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 
um it's kind of hot you know they yeah. you can tell that they're they're starting to at least feel more comfortable with each other and more familiar with each mm-hmm. other yeah well uh, unfortunately for them they're out of time to get this lift down to do any more practicing so uh kind of after this little montage uh we're gonna see baby is in like the like the locker room area with penny and penny's got like the dress that she was going to be wearing on baby she's trying to kind of alter it a little bit so it fits her better and they have kind of this moment and penny tells her you know whatever robbie told you i don't sleep around you know don't you know this wasn't, you know, like I wasn't sleeping with all these guys and that's, you know, how I ended up getting pregnant, right? She thought that Robbie was the one and uh, similar to Lisa thinks that Robbie is the one and uh, Robbie's not the one for anyone because Robbie's terrible. So uh, right. babies, babies, you know, fit into this dress. Um, you know, she's kind of talked to Penny and she's going to go to Lisa and ask her to cover for her, right? Because she's right. got to go to do this dance thing. It's right, like at dinner time. She's like, just, you know, tell mom and dad that I have a headache and then, you know, maybe like come check on me like halfway through dinner, um, you know, and that'll, that'll get the alibi going. And, you know, she is off. She's on her way to the Sheldrake to do the dance. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really sweet scene between Penny and, and baby because Penny is actually really very scared because once again, and I didn't realize this until, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago <laughs> that, you know, this was really an illegal thing that they were going to have done. And because it wasn't legalized, there, there, there's no protection, mm-hmm. right? She was going to be very scared. They found a guy who was a, was a doctor. Um, so they trusted that that was going to be okay. But there could be a million things that go wrong. And um, so she's really scared. And baby's trying to comfort her. Uh, but she's kind of awkward about it, too. She's like, I mm-hmm. think it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. But it really, it, it really adds another dimension of just terribleness to Robbie because she does say, you know, I really thought he loved me and, and Robbie's like totally moved on. Right. I mean, and you don't know Mm -hmm. if maybe that's, you know, maybe Penny also saw Robbie and Lisa that night. Right. And that's why she got really sad and ended up going and crying in, in the kitchen because she Mm -hmm. realized that he was, you know, she meant nothing to him. And now she's in this terrible situation, making choices that she doesn't want to have to make. And that are in fact illegal in order to, you know, continue to live her life. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's very tough. Um, So they, you know, it's time to do the dance, you know, It's uh, her hair is kind of pinned up. Baby's hair is all pinned up. She's got makeup on. Mm -hmm. She does not look like herself. She's in this very kind of slinky coral dress. It's got a great skirt. And poor Johnny's like, calm down, relax. It's going to be fine. And they do Mm -hmm. a pretty good job, right? Yeah, she uh, she has a couple missteps, but by and large, the dance goes pretty good. The crowd seems to be into it. Uh, they try to do the lift, but you know she is going to bail out of it in the last second and have to ad lib there for a second while you know Johnny gets her kind of pulled back into the dance uh, there. But, but yeah, everyone seems to have enjoyed it, you know. And they're back in the they're in their car, back on their way to Kellerman's. You know, Johnny's up front, baby's in the back. You know, she's changing out of this dress, and you know, Johnny's uh, keeps doing uh, one of these where he's uh, you know peeking up at the mirror trying to see exactly what what baby's up to back there. But but he tells her, you know, a couple times, you know, that she did she did a really good job. Um, he was proud of her, how good she did, you know, on kind of this this short notice. But when they get back into Kellerman's, I think um, I think it's Billy kind of runs up to him and is like, "You need to need to come." Penny's Penny's uh, not doing good. And so they get back to the little cabin area there and Penny's there. She's in bed. She's like 
drenched in sweat, you know, just not going good from this uh, illegal procedure that she'd had done. Uh, but uh, luckily for her, there's a doctor uh, here at the resort and it's baby's dad. So she, you know, runs out and gets her dad and he's going to come back and, you know, get her, you know, feeling better, you know, get some, get some fluids into her, get some, you know, medicine into her to help her uh, feel better. And, you know, she's going to end up being okay. But, you know, this isn't, isn't a good look for baby, right? So she was supposedly back at the, uh, at the cabin with a headache, but, you know, here she is with this girl that you know, went out and had an abortion that didn't, go very well. And now her dad's having to come in and uh, sort of take care of this. And, you know, it, like you said, at the time, it was, this was illegal. So, you know, doctors, you know, were <laughs> probably pretty wary of doing stuff and helping in these situations. So, right. Yeah. I mean, he did ask when she asked for the $250, if what it was, was illegal. And she says, no, she said no at the time. And so he, you know, the kudos to baby's character because she doesn't even hesitate, though. She doesn't care what that's going to mean for her and her relationship with her dad. So he just she just runs back and wakes her dad up and grabs his medical bag. And he um, we don't know exactly what is done. We don't know. Um, I mean, they, they talk a little bit about the doctor and how he was probably not a stand up person, which is what happens when these things aren't legalized and and. Um, regulated as health procedures. So, you know, mm -hmm. when, um, you know, he comes to take a look, he kind of checks her out and she's in a lot of pain and he just has everybody leave the room. And of course, when he, when Dr. Hausman gets out, um, you know, Billy's there to shake his hand uh, and Johnny Council is there and he's trying to thank him. And you get the feeling he thinks that they're just awful people because of the situation that they're mm -hmm. in and that they've put her in. Yeah. I mean, Dr. Hausman is really upset he chastised baby and he says, you know, you're not the person I thought you were. I don't know who you are anymore. You're never to see these people again. She really tries to explain, but he is very adamant uh, and him now that he's involved. And so he says, you never have, you're never to have anything to do with them again. Yeah. And he kind of draw, he kind of draws the same conclusion that, you know, baby did when she first found out about the uh, pregnancy, right? she assumed it was Johnny's. Uh, he assumes that it's Johnny's right. And, you know, he's not, you know, he took her to some guy to do something illegal to deal with it. But I, you know, obviously we know that that's not the case. So uh, baby's going to go and meet Johnny at his room. And, uh, you know, he's, he's kind of embarrassed about his living, you know, situation there, his, his apartment, you know, it's not that nice of a place, you know, especially for, you know, someone of a higher class like baby would be, uh, but baby's there and she apologizes for her dad, you know, for the way that he acted. And he's like, what are you talking? Your dad was amazing. He came in and saved Penny's life. That was incredible. He's like, I could never do anything like that. And, you know, baby's like, what are you, you know, the stuff that you do is incredible too. You know, you're not scared uh, of things. And he's like, yeah, I'm scared of all sorts of things. And uh, he tells baby that she's not scared of uh, anything. And to which she replies, you know, I'm scared of everything. I'm scared to do any of these things. So, yeah. And most of all, she's scared of feeling her whole life, what she feels, what she's with him. Like she's never going to feel this way again. Yeah. And it's a very poignant moment. <laughs> very, very poignant. So, so she asked him, you know, if he'll dance with her and he's like, dance like right here like in my apartment and he's like, okay so so they start dancing um and you uh quickly are coming to realize that this dancing is uh, about to lead to something else and that's uh kind of where it ends up right so they're uh in bed together and 
you know, that's that's kind of where uh, the scene uh, leaves us, I guess. So yeah, it's it's a pretty um, interesting scene. And the only thing I'll say is we've been talking a lot about how this is a mix of like '80s film. It's a total '80s film, but it's set in the '60s. You know, her underwear is very much not what it would have been like in 1963. I just want to point mm. that out. Um, when you know, you, there's not a lot of nudity, but you, you see her, 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 like her brassiere, and it is very 1985, 87-ish, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I find it interesting because you're not even bothered by it. Like none of this stuff makes uh, it into your head and makes it hard for you to believe that this is all happening. It's still really nicely done. They right. apparently did not super get along, um, Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey, but you would never know it in this scene. They dance real well together. You, uh, you know, it's very tastefully done, but you definitely think there's a lot of passion. It's really, mm-hmm. really, it's well done. And so they end up spending the whole night together. She leaves the next morning um, and then she's having breakfast with her family and it's much more awkward than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. So, you know, her sister Lisa is eating this grapefruit and they're talking, she's talking about, you know, kind of making small talk and, Neil comes by to ask him what their plans are for the weekend. And immediately Dr. Houseman says he wants to leave. And Lisa's confused. Her, you know, Dr. Houseman's wife, Marjorie, is confused. She's like, I don't understand. We're paid up till Sunday. And he says, I want to leave. And then he kind of recants and says, you know what? If you really want to stay and sing in the show, Lisa really wanted to sing in the show. Says, you know, this big talent show that happens at the end of the summer. Says, I guess we can, it's fine. And so then Lisa starts to try and actually talk to her dad about what she wants to sing and what does her dad think about it. And they start to engage in this conversation. And it's very clear that he's completely ignoring baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby. Baby was always uh, kind of his favorite, you could tell. And, you know, just at the events here of this uh, last couple of days, yeah, it just kind of turns, you know, just like like that. And they're talking, you know, she's, what song should I do, Dad, for for this? And you can tell that you know, Baby's looking, you know, pretty agitated, pretty hurt by this kind of exchange that has just played out in front of her. But, you know, breakfast is over, so she's going to go and check on Penny, you know, make sure she's doing okay. Um, Penny's there. She's, you know, laying there. She's doing much better, um, you know, kind of thanks her for coming in. Um, and shortly after Baby comes in, uh, Johnny comes in and there's a little bit of kind of awkwardness, right? So they just spent this night together um, and now they're uh, kind of back in, in this room with, with Penny. It's, I don't, it's not really standoffish, but it just feels a little bit awkward, kind of, kind of their interactions and baby, you know, kind of excuses herself from the room. And Penny says something along the lines of, you know, you know, Johnny, you can't, you can't really be with this girl, right? <laughs> you know that that's, what are you that's, doing? Not gonna, that's not going to work out. So yeah, it's, it is really strange. I mean, I don't know. I've never, have I? I don't think I've ever been in that situation, but I definitely empathize with her uh, being baby because baby's like, wow, I just spent the night with this guy and I'm, you know, she's obviously really in love and he's there and he's talking to Penny and Penny is doing much better. She's like, I, you know, I can still have kids. Like I, it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's awesome. And, you know, Penny's like, what's going on between you two? It's very awkward. And so, you know, she tries to tell him, you know, hey, you got to stop it. This isn't going to go anywhere. And 
Johnny Castle's character is like, I know what I'm doing. And she's like, you don't know what you're doing at all. You're, you're not, this is not good. So they end up kind of talking, uh, well, Johnny ends up leaving the cabin where Penny is laying down and they try to talk a little bit and he's like, I got to go. And then, you know, he starts to walk away and then he looks at her and they kind of smile. And I guess that means that everything's okay between Mm -hmm. the two of them and that. Yeah, I guess. And it must be okay because, you know, later on uh, today, she baby is going to lie to her parents again and go back over to Johnny's to spend the night. And uh, you get the scene of them together in bed, you know, kind of after whatever they they did. You don't don't see any of that. So that happens. So it just kind of comes in on them laying into bed together. And she asks Johnny if he's been with many women, right? Because she assumes that Johnny's you know, some some kind of big player right and he's you know in all these intimate moments with these women that he's dancing with and right. he, he's Patrick Swayze he probably could uh, <laughs> have his have his pick of lots of ladies if that was that was the case but um you get a you get kind of a really like interesting look into Johnny right and that uh he's he's been with some women but he's always felt like he wasn't necessarily the one uh you know pursuing them as much as they were the ones pursuing him right and not only pursuing him i mean they were you know giving him room keys and they were giving him thing nice things and they smelled really nice and they were really pretty and they were nice to him and so he thought maybe that he was special to them mm-hmm. and really they you know he was their summer fling right they are older women who have lots of money and they you know, might care about him from a surface perspective, but they weren't going to, there was never going to be a love affair there. They weren't, you know, he was just Mm -hmm. a really good looking guy who could dance and move well. And they found that very attractive and that was it. And so it's really a neat scene because she assumes that he is the player and really he's the one who is being played by all these other women. Um, and so, you know, he, they, he gets back on the bed and they kiss a little bit. And then he looks at her and asks her what her what's her real name, because mm-hmm. it's obviously not baby. And she shares with him that her name is Francis, because mm-hmm. it's the mm-hmm. first uh, woman member of the cabinet. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, they have kind of this, uh, you know, intimate moment. They learn, you know, kind of some more intimate details about each other. So you get the. Uh, indication that this is moving past some sort of you know kind of sexual tension thing from you know dancing together and spending this time together to where they're actually starting to form more of a real actual kind of relationship so uh, after after they've spent this time together you know baby is you know back kind of at the um at the family cabin there she's sitting talking with Lisa and uh, Lisa's telling her that, you know, tonight's the night she's finally decided she's going to go all the way with uh, Robbie. Um, And yeah. And they have, they have kind of this weird exchange. She's like, I'm going to go all the way with Robbie tonight. Um, But it, I don't know. It's kind of a weird sort of exchange because then her sister is like, Oh, you're just upset because, you know, dad likes me more. Now you were always dad, you know, daddy's girl, you're always daddy's favorite. Um, but now, you know, he's finally him and I are getting along and you don't like that. And that's why you're upset about me going off with Robbie tonight. Yeah. This baby, you know, having done this already, right. Like three days before she's like, you know, and it's obvious Lisa, I think, this would be her first time uh, going all the way, quote unquote, with anybody. Mm -hmm. And so baby is trying to, you know, 
explain to Lisa that this is a, this could be a re this is a really big deal and you should do this with someone that you really care about and not just you know someone that wants to do it with you because um, Robbie clearly wants to do it with everybody um, and yeah Lisa is just throwing it back in her face and it's like you're just mad you don't care if I you know go all the way with everybody you don't care about that you just are mad that I'm daddy talk daddy listens when I talk now and it's it's very telling like there's a lot of snarky comments between the two sisters and this mm -hmm. one I think is the the most hurtful um that Lisa does but baby just kind of listens and and lets it go she doesn't she doesn't fight about it um you don't know if Lisa really knows what's going on and that's mm -hmm. why you know if if I think she just thinks that there's a change now in the dynamic and she doesn't really understand but she's going to use it to her advantage for sure so the uh the next day uh baby and johnny are in kind of the dance lesson area like the cabin and they're actually um doing doing some dancing and there's a great scene where you know again it's played by music you're not sure if it's 60s music or 80s music but they're mm -hmm. dancing and they're he's kind of much more handsy um and she's trying to like sh you know be like i have dance space and this is your dance yeah. space and yeah he's she, just kind of he he's he's not that interested in dancing and she, <laughs> and and she and she's interested in teasing him about dancing i think right it's, right right uh, she's she's kind of playing hard to get in this playful way and yeah. johnny's mind is clearly not you know <laughs> we have this half hour together we should not be dancing i already taught you how to do this dance i don't know <laughs> i don't i don't know what we're doing but but the dance gets interrupted because neil shows up right much to right. everyone's and dismay and they have kind of an exchange him and johnny you know where he's he comes in he tells johnny you know uh you know talent show is is this weekend and you have to do your final dance and you know uh, we were thinking about doing something else and johnny gets really excited right he's like oh, i've been thinking a lot about that i've got some really good ideas there's some new dance dance stuff coming out and i think we can you know get everyone on board on doing this and neil's like no don't your ideas are terrible uh, just do what i tell you to do because i'm your boss and that's all there is to it yeah and johnny doesn't really fight back he just says okay i mean his big you know neil's big idea is instead of dancing the mambo to dance the pachanga and if you know anything about dances that's not really that big of a deal um okay i mean great but you know johnny had some really cool ideas and you can see that baby is really sad that he's so angry um and then of course Neil makes a, you know, quip about make sure that you're, you know, get your full half hours worth because you're paying for this dance and because he doesn't have a clue that maybe they actually like each other. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, the next scene, baby's trying to talk to Johnny and say, you know, why didn't you stand up to him? Why, you know, show him your ideas. Your ideas are great. And again, it's really kind of a, a highlight on their very different viewpoints because baby is really believes and she was brought up to believe that she could change the world that she could do anything that she doesn't have to take the status quo and johnny is like i come from a very different world where if i do that my world will end <laughs> like i will not be rewarded for standing up for my beliefs or you know trying to make things right i will just get mm -hmm. fired and you know he's like i you know i got my good news for this week is that my uncle is now getting me into this paint you know house painters union like my life is very different than yours he kind of throws it back in her face too because he's like you're telling you know me to 
you know, stand up for myself to fight harder. He's like, when your dad told you not to see me anymore, he didn't say anything to him. Maybe you need to fight harder if, you know, if you really want to be with me. So, you know, she's, she's given it to him and he's given it right back to her. Cause like you said, they're just coming uh, at this problem from completely different uh, set of circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see he's really hurt. Cause he's like, I don't think that you were ever actually going to tell him that we were just going to let the summer go. And then Mm -hmm. Uh, that would be that you were never going to tell him that this is something special and something more and so it's really a bummer of course she's running around um all over the place trying to find johnny she ends up finding him at pennies because he's gone to pennies to talk about a baby probably and so Mm -hmm. they're all there and they kind of make up and as they're on the porch of pennies kind of cabin you know who comes up walking up but Robbie and of course he has to open his mouth and he's like oh I picked the wrong sister and it's okay baby I went slumming once too and that's about it for Johnny you know (laughs) god bless him he's just like I'm done (laughs) yeah everyone has had their fill of Robbie at this point so yeah so Johnny is going to uh, go out and uh, start to have a little bit of a fight and he basically kind of goads Johnny into uh, throwing the first punch so Johnny can, you know, take out uh, this anger that he's feeling at this moment into Robbie. And uh, Robbie takes a little bit of a beating and it is very deserved and it's probably the highlight of the movie is seeing Robbie get his comeuppance. So, yeah, it's but. not it's not enough uh, to me. I mean, Johnny does stop. He says, you know, you're not worth it. Like he gives him a couple of punches and then He's like, I'm not, I'm not going to get fired for you. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that's kind of where that ends. So uh, they're in, they're kind of getting ready for the talent show then, you know, coming up this weekend and, you know, baby is tasked with uh, doing some set decoration, probably by Neil, who thinks that they're still on the, uh, still on their way to uh, romance land. You get Lisa is doing her, uh, some really good singing, Yeah, it's 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 not great, but she's you know giving it her best, which is always good to see. So yes, uh, they're there. They're getting ready for the talent show, and you know Johnny turns up to I don't to do some practice, I guess, or uh, something for the talent show. But he's there, and his uh, admirer from earlier, the uh, the older woman that was there, whose husband hadn't been there all week, she's there as well because her husband's there playing cards, and uh, her name is uh, Vivian, I believe, and yep. um. You know, her husband's there playing cards and she goes up to Johnny and is like, I need, you know, to see you tonight. We can do some uh, extra dance lessons. And uh, he goes over and her husband's like, here's a giant wad of cash to, you know, give my wife as many dance lessons as she wants, you know, just make sure you take care of her. And uh, Johnny kind of looks at it. And I mean, that's a lot of money to Johnny, right? Mm-hmm. But he he gives it back to her. Uh, back to him and it's like I'm I'm sorry I'm fully booked up tonight I can't you know I can't see your wife tonight yeah and Vivian is watching this play out and she is not happy at all I don't know what that relationship her and her marriage I mean because he would have to be stupid not to know what was really going on but he's mm-hmm. like okay and so he takes the money back and he just he's you can tell that she is not happy yeah, no, she's uh, she's definitely not happy, and you know that's that's kind of where that scene ends, right? So we have Johnny's kind of making the decision that he's not going to not going to do this, not going to uh, kind of fall victim to being this you know catch for these uh, these women that are you know 
throwing money in themselves at him and stuff. You know, he's, right. he's uh, all invested into baby. And then, you know, later we get, you know, kind of after this talent show practice, Lisa is on her way over to Robbie's because she's, you know, she told baby earlier that tonight was the night. So she's going over to his cabin. Uh, there's a towel on the doorknob, which can mean only one thing, but Lisa doesn't know what that towel means. No, uh, so she, she so doesn't. she, so she opens the door and uh, Robbie's in bed uh, with Vivian, who, you know, wasn't able to get with Johnny, but she is able to get with Robbie and Ugh. yeah. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I get it, girl. Whatever you want to do, but mm. okay. So poor Lisa, she's completely horrified um, because, again, she was probably going to uh, uh, give him a very special gift that she could only give once, right? Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't think that she was like Robbie and that she got went all the way with a bunch of people. So I think she thought this was a a really big deal. And yeah, he he was not. yeah, he was indisposed. So she ends up going back, I guess, to her to her, to her room. And um, but Johnny and Baby spend the night again. And um, there's this really sweet scene. They're laying in bed, and Johnny says, "You know, hey, I, I had this really great dream that you know your dad accepted me the way he has accepted Robbie Gould, who's a complete waste of space. Um, and it was a really lovely dream. And then the next morning." you know, baby says goodbye to Johnny because they're going to be leaving soon. And she Mm kind of gives him a kiss and who sees that, but Vivian who's leaving kind of the same area because she spent the night with Robbie Gould. And so Vivian, you can see she's very jealous. Um, Mm -hmm. She does not, she's not happy about the fact that Johnny decided to be with her rather than be, be with baby rather than be with her. So, you know, it all plays out in the next scene where over breakfast, um, Max is talking to Dr. Hausman about how there's a bunch of wallets that have been stolen, uh, mm-hmm. one of which was Vivian's husband. He was in a card game, all night card game, and when he checked his wallet at a certain time, it was gone. And Vivian magically yeah, can, remembers. Yeah. Yeah, conveniently, Vivian was like, oh, I remember seeing Johnny there uh, right by his wallet. So that could mean only one thing. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, so the frame's on Johnny and uh, Baby's there and she's like, it wasn't him. I know him. I know he didn't do it. And uh, Max and I think Neil has come up by this point and they're like, no, we're, pre- we're pretty sure it was him. Uh, but Baby finally, you know, kind of tells the truth and, you know, says it kind of in front of, you know, her family and Max and Neil that she knows that Johnny didn't steal his wallet last night because she was with Johnny that night. All night. And so, of course, that does not go well for Baby's dad, who already is not happy with his baby daughter. And so, um, yeah, she, she goes, she disappears, she leaves. Johnny is looking everywhere for her and finds, uh, finds her and says, you know, hey, they found that, you know, they were able to prove that I didn't do it. And they mm-hmm. found the people that stole the wallets. It was Mrs. Schumacher, who's this older woman from the very beginning of the movie. Um, they, they'd seen her a couple times throughout the show. Um, so it all makes sense that it was the Schumachers. But, you know, they're going to fire Johnny anyway. Uh, unfortunately for Johnny, yeah, like you said, he's going to end up getting fired anyway for consorting with guests. But kind of the offer to him was that if he just leaves right now and leaves quietly and doesn't make a scene, then he's still going to get uh, kind of paid for working for the summer, right? The summer's almost over. So if you, if you just leave, you still get your bonus for uh, working 
this summer, but uh, he's headed out. But before he is going to go, he's got a couple of stops to make. So uh, his first stop is he's going to go and talk to uh, baby's dad, Dr. Uh, Houseman there to thank him for, you know, helping out Penny. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Dr. Houseman does not, um, again, he just doesn't have any time for Johnny at all. He just, Johnny says, you know, I just want you to know that, um, you know, baby is really a wonderful person. And, you know, I know that, you know, she wants to be like you and she is that person. And, and he's like, don't you talk to me about, you don't know anything about me. And, you know, don't tell me what mm-hmm. to see in my daughter. All I see is, you know, you who's you got his partner in trouble and took her to a butcher. And now you, and then you moved on to an innocent girl like my daughter. And Johnny doesn't really have anything to say. He's like, yeah, you know, I guess that's what you would see, but he doesn't correct him. He doesn't say, Hey, I had nothing to do with it. He just kind of lets, mm-hmm. lets Dr. Houseman think whatever he wants about him and then leaves, you know? Yeah, he's he's not the kind that's going to, you know, throw someone else under the bus or, you know, kind of kind of do that. So he just takes kind of the brunt of the stuff from uh, Dr. Hausman. So it uh, doesn't get to really make amends there. So on his way out, he's going to go and say goodbye to baby before he, you know, leaves from this uh, Kellerman. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because now they're much more comfortable with each other. Um, clearly they've they've the you know he he doesn't tell her he loves her or anything but they share a kiss and he's like i'll never be sorry and she's like i won't either and um and then of course you know the patrick swayze song she's like the wind you know kind of starts playing and mm-hmm. baby's really sad you know and she's trying to put on uh clothes and get get all dressed up for this big uh talent show and then lisa kind of comes by and sits next to her and says you know i'll do your hair and and then Lisa's kind of realizes that baby's just really heartbroken and she's, they kind of share a moment where, mm-hmm. you know, cause Lisa now understands that baby, you know, wasn't trying to um, tell Lisa how to live her life or, you know, she just, mm-hmm. you know, has been put in a really tough position and she's really in love. And Lisa's had to do a little bit of growing up this summer. Right. Um, luckily yep. she got out of it fairly unscathed, but her feelings were probably pretty hurt. So, you know, mm-hmm. they, they kind of reconcile as sisters. Um, and uh, yeah, you get, you get kind of a nice moment where uh, baby is just, you know, very sad, very distraught about, you know, Johnny having to leave and she just kind of leans in like super slowly and eventually gets, you know, her head on her sister's shoulder and, um, you know, tries to console her there. So they have this, this moment of reconciliation between the two sisters, but uh but yeah, that's kind of where everything is left. And we have one more event to do here at the estate before the summer's over. So it's time for the talent show. Yeah. And they do this really amazing thing at the end of the talent show. Lisa does sing. We never see her full performance and that's probably good. Um, she, she, she does take part in the final act where they sing this Kellerman's mm-hmm song they all stand in line and you've got like a pirate dude and you've got her and you've got a bunch of people and dressed up in like christmas victorian clothing and they're all singing songs this song about things and uh you know baby and mr and mrs hausman are kind of in this table and baby's in this corner area and um she's you know 
still kind of glassy eyed and doesn't look like she's having a real good time, but they're, they're going through it. And um, Max is up on stage and he's, you know, says, let's join in one last chorus and let's sing this one more time. And, and, uh, and then we'll close out for the summer. And while they're doing that. Uh, Against the backdrop of kind of this final act, this performance for all of the, uh, the employees that are there, um, you know, baby's dad, Dr. Hauserman sees Robbie kind of walking by. So he gets up and stops him and gives him an envelope, you know, presumably full of cash is kind of like his tip for the summer, I think. And, you know, Dr. Hauserman's like, Oh, you know, you have a really bright future ahead of you. And, and Robbie's like, yeah, thanks for helping me out with that uh, penny situation. (laughs) You know, I was, I was going to be in some real hot water over that, but you know, thanks to you help. Thanks to you helping her out, you know, no big deal. Uh, and you you just see kind of the realization uh, in Dr. Hauserman's eyes as he realizes that, you know, it wasn't Johnny that had gotten her pregnant and put her in this tough spot and, you know, caused baby all this grief. It was, it was Robbie, right? It was the one that he'd, you know, kind of put his, you know, feather in his cap for the summer, right? He was the up and comer, but he's realizing now that Robbie, the, uh, what did she call him earlier? The Robbie, the, the creep. Yeah. Robbie, the creep was indeed the creep. So he grabs the uh, envelope of cash back and, and, uh, goes back and sits at the table as they're performing this, uh, kind of final song for the summer. Yeah. And that, that's my favorite, uh, part of this whole thing is because now for the next few minutes, right. Dr. Hausman is probably thinking, uh, you know, and realizing that he just treated this other person really badly, didn't meet, you know, was wrong in thinking that he did anything wrong. Johnny was not the reason why Penny was in trouble. In fact, if anything, he was trying to help her and, you know, probably having a kind of a, a crucial moment within himself because this whole time, you know, Dr. Hausman and his wife were like, Robbie Gold is great for Lisa. Like, you know, um, mm-hmm. he's wonderful because he was going to Yale Medical School and all of this. And and of course, Robbie is is a totally awful person. And so, uh, you know, that's but you can see that he's really like when he when he, he grabs that envelope back and he shoves it back in his jacket. He's he's just disgusted with himself and with Robbie. And so that that that's you know they're they're still singing this final chorus um and johnny walks in in the back there are all these people that have been in the the barn kind of area doing all of this quote-unquote dirty Mm -hmm. dancing right and throughout the scenes they're all in their street clothes they're all ready to close out the the dance and um they're kind of waiting around because it looks like no one's going to actually do that this year. And then Johnny walks in and he quietly kind of goes around to the back where baby and her family have a table. And he says the famous line, nobody puts baby in the corner. That's right. And she gets up and he takes her on the stage. And of course, everybody stops singing except for the sister. She's still like, (laughs) until they stop her. Um, And so he's on stage. Johnny's on stage. Max is like beside uh, in the backstage, you know, lamenting the end of the era of the Kellerman's you know, this, this whole, the home of the family Foxtrot. And Mm -hmm. he's really concerned. He's like, what's going on? Um, Mr. Houseman is about to get up, but of course, at this point, his wife tells him to sit down and Mm -hmm. there's a moment where 
Johnny's on stage and he says, look, you know, I always do the last dance of the season. Some this year, somebody told me not to, but I'm going to do it. Uh, my kind of dancing my way for the first time. And I, I, I want to dance with this, this person next to me. And he calls her by her real name, not baby. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which, which is nice. Yeah. He says that, you know, the last dance, that's always his to do and he's going to do it. And that's when you get the music, the, I had the time of my life goes on and uh, they start dancing and it's pretty great. And everyone kind of uh, ends up joining in. Uh, they, uh, Johnny like jumps down, like into kind of the aisle, the middle aisle there. And then, uh, you know, baby kind of comes down and joins them. And that's where you know, she runs through the crowd and they end up doing the lift that they'd tried so many times and never quite gotten right. But of course we get it right here at the sort of culmination of the end of the film and uh, everyone's getting into it. Even uh, Max is uh, seen doing a little bit of dancing and, you know, everyone's getting up out of the seats and all of the, all of the quote unquote dirty dancing dancers are, you know, pulling up guests to join in and dance and everyone's having a good time. And then you get probably um, my favorite exchange of the movie. And there's a bunch of really good exchanges, but um, as baby and Johnny are kind of walking out towards the back of this uh, banquet hall, um, Dr. Hauserman stops, stops Johnny and is like, I just wanted to say, I'm sorry, because when I uh, do something wrong, I apologize for it. And uh, it's a pretty neat exchange. So, yeah. Yeah. He, he lets him know. He says, I know you weren't the one who got Penny in trouble. And uh, when I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. And, and then he looks at his daughter and he's like, you looked really good. <laughs> and they hug and it's a nice daddy daughter reconciliation moment. Um, and then baby and Johnny dance the rest of the night away. And, you know, he kind of sings into her ear as with the, you know, the final songs of, or the final Mm -hmm. words of, you know, I've had the time of my life and they just like the whole place just kind of jubilation lead dances. And, and then the backdrop of, um, the black and white dancing that you saw at the beginning of the movie kind of starts to play at the end and mm-hmm. a whole new song called yes. And I think it's by the pointer sisters. I'm not real sure, but that's definitely an eighties movie or an eighties song. I r- definitely knew that that was not the right, that was probably the most <laughs> out of place song, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it finishes up and you see the credits and, and that's how it ends. And that's how it ends. Yeah, book ended with those uh, black and white dancing uh, kind of slow motion images. And uh, yeah, really nice uh, summer 1980s uh, love story there. So, uh, Michaela, this came out in, when did I say this came out? It came out in 1987. Uh, So tell me about your uh, experiences growing up with Dirty Dancing. Now, I know that you love dancing. So I assume that you also love dirty dancing. Is that correct? That, that is correct. Um, I, I, I think this was the film that made me want to learn to really dance, to be okay. honest. Um, so I seem to remember watching this when I was still living in Montana, which means I was like six years old. And mm-hmm. I didn't see, I mean, obviously it's not appropriate for really young kids um, just because of the, some of the adult themes. So I remember seeing some of the dancing, but I remember watching it in my, you know, tweens uh, and, you know, still not really understanding some of the more thematic elements, but the mm-hmm. dancing I always loved. And I thought that um, as you go through it as a dancer and I became 
you know, more knowledgeable about social dancing versus performance dancing, because there is a difference. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're something is choreographed, when something is choreographed, it's going to look and feel much different than when you're dancing with random people at a dance. Right. And so um, I will say that I really loved this, the last dance scene, because while it is choreographed, you can really see some of the connection that they're doing because they're holding their frame correctly and it's filmed really beautifully. So they're kind of spinning and the camera's spinning and they look really in love. It's just really nicely done. Um, I, I, I mean, I love a lot about this movie. I think it's a great coming of age movie for a young girl. Um, mm-hmm who, you know, maybe, you know, was very cultured and still had been brought up to think that she could change the world and she ends up doing so, but in a very different way. And meeting someone who's, you know, quote unquote, the boy from the other side of the tracks and, you know, uh, having a different life experience. I I really liked a lot about this and I like the dynamic between the father and the daughter. I was raised by a single dad, so I really... Um, you know, that's something that's always near and dear to my heart. Um, Mm -hmm. and it sucks when you just disappoint them (laughs) and it sucks when they disappoint you. Um, so that, I mean, that really still to this day has me right in the feels, you know? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, this wasn't a movie I really grew up on. I mean, I, I probably saw it, you know, kind of a time or two, uh, growing up, you know, it was on TV or I don't, it might've gotten rented or something along the way, but I really didn't start watching this probably until like I was in high school. But yeah, so this this movie is always something uh, that I've I've really enjoyed. It's a lot of fun. It's it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it has a lot of really good um, character moments. Um, the music's great. The acting's really good. Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey, um, even though apparently they did not care for each other, uh, you definitely can't tell because their chemistry is really great. the The whole cast of characters, um, you know, you have uh, Jerry Orbach uh, playing, you know, the dad, Kelly Bishop playing the mom. Uh, those actors are both excellent. Um, you have Wayne Knight, isn't it? He's doing like the announcing yeah. and, and things from Seinfeld and Jurassic Park. He's in there. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a really fun uh, movie. Like I said, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it has a lot of really good lessons uh, to pull away from it. So really fun. If you want to learn more about uh, this movie, Michaela, I don't know if you ever uh, watched the kind of short documentary series on Netflix, but they have uh, the toys that made us. And they also did a, uh, the movies that made us or the films that made us um, in one of those episodes is about dirty dancing. And so it kind of talks about how it got made and uh, how it was a tough sell and how getting like the soundtrack, right. Was uh, pretty tricky to do um, and stuff. So that's just really kind of interesting. So if you like this film and you have Netflix, if you've never watched that, I'd recommend uh, checking that out. It's pretty interesting. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I really think this was definitely something, a movie that impacted my life. And, you know, it's interesting because we've talked about um, other movies that reference this show a lot, right? So mm-hmm. in, uh, in February, when we were doing our romantic comedies in Crazy Stupid Love, there was a whole thing about the whole lift from Dirty mm-hmm. Dancing. And that was yep. that was one of the characters closing move, right? When he wanted to get with the girl, that's what he always did. And um, there, there's there's just a lot. Every I think any, most females in America in the 90s that grew up and had their formidable years in the 90s probably watched this. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and it it's, 
I would, but I wouldn't say it's really like a chick flick, you know, it's, it's got Mm -hmm. a little something for everybody. Um, And I I think it's definitely worth anybody's time. If you've not seen it, (laughs) I don't know what you're waiting for, because it's really good. Um, And for movies that are about dancing, that like especially partner dancing, this is one of the best ones you're going to find because it's got a really good mix of people who can act and people who can dance. And unfortunately, for most musicals or most um, movies that are that are are modern that have a lot of dancing or are about dancing, they're going to be good at one or the other, but very mm-hmm. rarely are they good at both. So, yeah, and it's it's kind of um, I'd mentioned the soundtrack is similar to you know Saturday Night Fever. It kind of has that similar feel where they're both movies that are about dancing, but they don't really get bogged down in in the dancing, right? Like it does right. it it doesn't come off as too technical. It just it's just a part of the movie. They don't you know feel the need to dig down and explain like what's happening. It's just, it's just kind of unfolding um, on screen and it, it does a really great job of that. So. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Especially, I mean, they even talk about, there's even a scene where they say it's, it's, it's about a feeling rather than just the steps, Mm -hmm. which is very true. uh, Especially if you're doing social dancing. Yeah, exactly. So, well, anyone listening at home, let us know uh, what you think about Dirty Dancing. Is it a movie that you watch? Is it one of your all-time favorites? Or uh, is it something you've never seen before? Uh, Because we want to know. So let us know that. And uh, when you make a, I carried a watermelon margarita because you absolutely need to make one of those because it's the most delicious thing uh, around uh, this part of Kellerman's Resort for sure. Make one of those, take a picture of it, send us, let us know if you like sugar or salt or nothing. Uh, Let us know. We want to see pictures of it and you can do that. Tag us on our Instagram or Twitter. It's at drinkthemovies and on facebook.com slash drinkthemovies. Uh, You can find the written recipe, pictures of our margarita, uh, episode recaps, all that good stuff on our website, which is www.drinkthemovies.com. And Michaela, why don't you let people know where they can uh, get subscribed and review the pod? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. We'd appreciate if you subscribed. And if you like what you're hearing, leave us a five-star review because that really helps us get the drink, the movies out there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and unfortunately, family vacation time is over. And also, my I carried a watermelon margarita is over. But I don't want it to be over, so I'm going to go make another one. Uh, What do you think? I think it's a great idea. I have some frozen watermelon balls in the fridge. Let's do it. All right, perfect. We're going to go make up one of those, and we will talk to everyone next time on Drink Drink the the Movies. Oh, that was a good one.